right, let's get into it. Sally Lucas, our travel guide, our travel expert, uh, Jack Jack S of all trades has uh, made her <laughs> way here. <laughs> Sally, I know, good afternoon first. I didn't catch I'm you glad last you week. I didn't say either. Jack S. No, no, we've got one vowel over. Mm-hmm. I know we're heading to South America a little bit later, hot we deals are. as well, but first up, Greece. Greece. And it is a fabulous country, Greece. And I went there for my honeymoon, actually, all those years ago, and I've been back. A couple of changes since then. (laughs) Yeah, it's a couple of changes since then. But actually, like one of the islands I love, Ithaca, which is where a lot of the local Novocastrian Greeks come from, it hasn't changed. We went back there for an anniversary a few years ago because it's got no airport. So it doesn't get all the tourists flocking there. This, so, is a, this is a quite often a theme, isn't it? You're looking for those places yeah. that don't have all the tourists. So, you know, you can step back in time because you've either got to get there via Kefalonia or from Athens to Kefalonia, then get a ferry or a private water taxi or whatever. So it's it's real Greece. I love it. It's just a fantastic place to go to. Anyway, moving right along from Ithaca, um, this is a lovely 12-day tour. Now, is the way they promote it is step into a world of myth and magic where ancient art and culture flourished, philosophy was founded and gods were made. From more inspiring archaeological sites to sleepy towns and coastal treasures, Greece rewards with every twist in the journey. And, and that is true. Like it's it's got so much there, as you can imagine, like the start of the Olympic Games even, Olympus and so on. Like it's got so much history that we all are even aware of and a lot mm. that we're not aware of. So this is a, a really adventure-based itinerary. Um, um, with 11 nights, you've got uh, all your brekkies are included, a lunch and five dinners. Again, it's small group touring, which is wonderful. So you've only got like a maximum of 18 to 20 people on board. <clears throat> you st- so, Pardon my throat, my croaky throat. You do start in Athens and, of course, everyone goes to the Acropolis, you know, over 3,000 years old. It is still a fantastic thing, that and the Parthenon, which is dedicated to Athena, the goddess of war and reason. Um, and then you also go to the National Archaeological Museum. After that, you head on to Naxos, which is a lovely island in the Cycladic Islands, and that is just beautiful for a couple of days of just, you know, enjoying the, that, that side of Greece, which is just wonderful, lovely lunches, you know, sitting down there under a shady tree, just fantastic. Um, and also, once you leave there, I mean, Naxos is not just also, shall I say, just a castle. They do have a medieval citadel there, which um, houses an archaeological museum as well. So it's not just an island for just sitting by. There is history there also. You then go on to the Corinth Canal, which is a famous canal, which is wedged between really sharp cliff faces, and it's it's distinctive because it's the narrowest canal in the world and it sort of borders two gulfs. So it's really an interesting place to go to. So how narrow are we talking here? Uh, 25 metres width, so some ships, modern ships, would find it extremely tricky. I think they might get stuck. Um, But, yeah, so it is only quite, you know, quite a small canal or narrow canal, should I say. Um, From there you go on um, to Naflion and Mistras, and my Greek pronunciation might be that fantastic, Githeo. And when you go there, you actually go to this incredible um, castle. It was a, a fortified medieval city, once the Byzantine capital. It was formerly called Sparta, um, which we've probably heard of again. Like These are names that you can remember, can't you, from your, your days of learning about history, um, which is really wonderful. You then go on after there uh, to a cave called the Diros Cave and uh, Areopoli. And these are really interesting towns as well. So... 
all these rustic stone-built streets and just, you know, these wonderful little waterways, lava rock formations. So the cave is really a subterranean wonderland that you're going to there. After there, you go on to Cardamilli and Kalamata. I guess that's where the olives come from, <laughs> the Greek olives. Don't like olives. And Oli- Oh, I do. <laughs> Olympia, etc. So we're just talking about Olympia, of course. Um, and Kadamali Ka- or is a picturesque fishing town as well. And then Kalamata, of course, as we said, it's a long-standing olive farm there where you can visit and learn, um, have a masterclass in the art of olive production. And then from there you go on to Delphi. Now, Delphi is just one a wonderful, wonderful ancient city to go to and it's an archaeological site there that sparked off the Olympic Games in 776 BC but it was also considered the centre of the world by ancient Greeks and it's got so much history there as well it's just wonderful so you've got lots of lovely history and then of course you finish up back in Athens again where you might just want to do a bit of shopping or go up to the foot of the wonderful mountain called Mount Parnassus Um, so it's a lovely 12-day itinerary that is really taking in it's not taking in all of Greece of course, which sure. which you can't. It's it's taking in more the southern regions of Greece, and then of course you have got if you want to go back, Meteor, all those wonderful areas to the north of Greece. But it's still a lovely twelve day itinerary that will just do all of that area we've talked about: the Peloponnese, the Cycladic area, the islands, etc. Athens, Delphi, you know, beautiful. And I guess Sally, you don't want to also be upset that you can't cover everywhere in one hit because you just can't anyway. No, of course and if, you can't. I always find that's a, a trap for people. We want to, we have to cover everywhere and everything. You will end up enjoying none of it. I know because you just it's so fleeting. Yeah. That you you know it just blurs. And I say that to clients all the time. You know, mm. please. Don't try and do it all. Mm. Work out if it's a husband and wife. Sit down and work mm. out your pluses that you both want to do. Mm. And if there's things that you both don't want to do, well, don't do them on this trip. Yeah. Do the do the ones that you both really feel you want to do, mm. and in, incorporate those, and just leave the rest out. All right, great tip there as well. If uh, a travel uh, a little trip is on your mind, Sally, we're back a little bit more talking travel in a minute. This time, heading to South America on two and URFM. She's done Greece, or at least a part of Greece. This time, uh, South America, but clearly, Sally, not the entire continent. We haven't got that much time. Oh my time. God, no, no. And it's funny how many people just think, "Oh, I'd like to go to South America." And I say, "Do you realise Brazil's bigger than Australia?" Yeah. And they look at me as if I'm an idiot and don't believe me, but it's true. <laughs> Have a look at a map. Anyway, we're not going to Brazil today. We're actually going to Peru and Ecuador. Um, and what a fantastic you know, country is Peru because everyone, I guess, who wants to climb sort of not big mountains, but it's still a pretty steep climb, wants to do the Inca Trail. It's just one of those bucket list items that's yeah. on a lot of people's bucket list. And this is a seven-day Inca Trail itinerary that's combined with an eight-day uh, tour into Ecuador and the Amazon. So it's a really fantastic itinerary. Cusco, where you start, it's one of my favourite cities. It really is. It's it just I don't know, breathes Incan history. It's Everything's made out of those wonderful sandstone blocks like Machu Picchu where they didn't use a nail, they didn't use cement. They Everything's just held together by its own weight. You know, you, when you look at these structures, you just are in awe when you think of what we can't do anymore and how we've lost that art. Yeah, we really have. Whether it's the pyramids, whether it's, you know, Machu Picchu mm. or so on, like it's all changed. But this is a, a lovely... Um, as I said, seven day itinerary initially. Um, one of these towns, it took me a long time to get to pronounce it, and I hope I'm doing it justice now. But you get driven from Cusco once you've had a good look around there for a couple of days. The start of the trek is at a town called Oliete Tambo. 
Sounds pretty decent. That's a decent crack. Oliente Tambo, I think that's it anyway. If you're from Peru and Sally's completely messed that up, (laughs) 4921616. I'm sure someone will, but I did try. Anyhow, um, it's a wonderful place again there and there's some wonderful ruins there also before you actually start on the trek and you get to go to like a a local community and you (coughs) go to a women's weaving co-op where you see the local weaving and dyeing and in Peru you recognize your tribe or your your but your base of your particular you know clique is recognized by the hat you wear so the, the color of it the shape of it so you see people with, if they're all haven't got the same hats they've come from different, different areas uh-huh so if they're all got the same hat they're you're, all, probably, you're probably in their town. Exactly right. You can go to a pottery making demonstration before you actually start on the Inca Trail. So um, you get transferred by van, uh, 82 kilometres to where the trail begins. <laughs> it says of the itinerary that you ease into the adventure with a straightforward day of hiking the meandering streams, Andean scenery and ancient ruins, and that it's not very difficult. Well, I can tell you. I found it extremely <laughs> difficult because <laughs> I think we don't have the sort of mountains they have mm. in Nepal or in South America. I mean, it, it's sort of straight up from day one. It's all anyhow. relative, isn't it, like to what you're used to, I guess. Well, it is. Yeah. It is. So you got you really do need to do a bit of training. It's not difficult compared with Mount Everest. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But this Inca Trail is stunning, of course. So you go to some absolutely wonderful, um, you know, rambling rivers, small villages, and just the views as you're going are just, just absolutely incredible. Then you go to the highest peak, which is 4,198 metres, so it's still not to be sneezed at. That's, no. that's nearly 14,000 feet. Um, and you go through what a pass known as the Dead Woman's Pass, and that's probably the longest, steepest part of your trek. Um, If you can make that, then you can just crash at the end of the day and (laughs) get yourself really psyched up for the rest. Um, And then you keep going, of course, until you eventually reach that wonderful destination of Machu Picchu. Mm. At the end of that, you come back to the township of Aguas Calientes and then you go by train back back down via Olente Tambo to Cusco. From there, then you head up into the Amazon or into Ecuador. You're getting fly into Quito, and that again is a wonderful mountainous, uh, beautiful uh, state. And you get to have a couple of nights in the Amazon as well, where you'll be staying in like basic hut style accommodation. But there's all sorts of optional activities available, like hiking, zip lining, canyoning, or they've got lots of lovely hot springs in some of these areas where you can just really get your muscles all relaxed after maybe you've done a day of hiking and do it for the next day. And you can also do horseback riding. So there's all sorts of options there to do incredible um, activities if that's your bent, mountain biking even as well. As I mentioned, you know, the zip lining, whitewater rafting. Um, but yes, you're in the... the um, Amazon jungle, as I said, for a couple of days, which is lovely. And you're staying in rustic jungle huts in these different communities where you're actually really immersing yourself with the locals in in their local environment. So, again, you're stepping back outside your comfort zone, but it would be just an incredible two itineraries back to back like these are like doing first you're doing the Inca Trail but and then you're doing the Ecuador Quest but of course with the Ecuador one a lot of it's optional so you don't have to push yourself if you feel you the trek really was mm. was enough for you you can just chill out you can walk around the towns you can enjoy you know just just doing walking on your own you can relax you can go into the hot springs just enjoy the history but certainly if you're an active person 
there's plenty of action available. It really sounds like the type of trip where you don't uh, you don't die wondering. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no, and, and you know the Andes is such a, a you know a, well a famous chain of mountains, of course, with incredible vistas and views, and one of the you know most incredible mountain ranges in the world, as you say, as well as of course talking about the Himalayas, mm. um, and of course we've got beautiful mountain ranges in Europe as well for the ski enthusiasts. So we've got lots of lovely mountains everywhere. We only have hills in Australia, but that's okay. Comparatively speaking. All right. Well, uh, I'm sure that'll be uh, the the, uh, the course of a few talking travels down the road. Yes, absolutely. And we've done a few. Uh, we've highlighted a couple of spots, Sally, but now it's just uh, that Friday, uh, almost a Friday free-for-all, actually, with the hot deals there. <laughs> hot deals. Um, I've got a few today. I'm a little bit behind this week because I only got back from Perth on Wednesday night, so it's been a bit of a rush. But anyway, we're getting there. Um, we were talking about that lovely Greece tour today. So that is operating, of course, and it is available. There's still vacancies. And it's a 12-day itinerary, and it starts from a bit under $6,000 per person twin share. But as I mentioned, it's all your accommodation, all that wonderful sightseeing. Um, you've got a traditional Greek cooking class in there, visit to the olive farm, 11 breakfasts, you've got a lunch, five dinners. So it's quite a lovely itinerary with a lot of inclusion. So keep that one in mind. Now, if you're looking um, to do Canada and Alaska, and that, of course, is always popular with Australians. It's a big draw card, either to do the Inside Passage cruise and the Rockies or one or the other or both, particularly that that West Coast. Uh, Mm -hmm. We don't seem to head across to the East Coast as much, you know, to do Toronto and Montreal and Ottawa and all that, you know. Well, you know, that's that's an extra bit, isn't it, really? Well, that's when you do New York. So yeah, you true. do you do the Washington, New York, Boston, and then head yep, up just go up the top Niagara yeah. Falls, and that's a separate trip. Um, yeah, so this is for twenty twenty four, by the way, and they're having savings of up to three thousand dollars per couple on a range of itineraries, or actually up to three thousand four hundred on a longer one on a twenty seven day itinerary, which is the highlights of eastern and western Canada. So there you go, mm. uh, throwing that one oh, in there. A bit of all of it. Bit okay. of all. So that's giving you all of that. You're getting nineteen nights. You get forty seven meals total throughout. Um, you're doing your cruise, of course, as we mentioned, that seven-day lovely cruise up the Inside Passage um, to go into Alaska. And you're having all that wonderful Rockies itinerary as well, as I've just mentioned. You're going to Quebec City, Montreal, Niagara Falls, Ottawa and Toronto. Um, they do have other itineraries that um, are twenty from 23 to 21 to 19 days, depending on what you want to do. They all include the seven-day cruise. Um, but one of them, for example, is ducking across into uh, Alaska. Alaska as well into the Denali National Park, Fairbanks, Anchorage, etc. Uh, so that's a little bit different. And uh, the others are doing um, going up, just doing the main cruise and and the Rockies, and just uh, the length of time that is spent um, in the Rockies and Vancouver is just a little bit less on the 19 day. But they're all including that seven day cruise with savings, as I said, from three thousand to three thousand four hundred per couple. And I thought, like, we all hear about the South Pacific Islands. We all hear about Fiji, New Caledonia, Vanuatu, Cook Islands, Tahiti, Hawaii. But then there's lots of other islands you can go to, which I call the hidden South Pacific Islands that oh, we don't think to go to. Not not so hidden after this. <laughs> no, not anymore. <laughs> so Nui, of course, which is in a triangle between, like, Tonga and Solomons, etc. And it is comes under a bit of the New Zealand. They're independent, but tied to New Zealand. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's north of New Zealand. 
And it's got some lovely little packages there staying in a um, a lodge, which is just gorgeous. Um, and you can book by the 30th of June and there's a package there available. Um, and there's departures that go from um, the 10th of June through to about the 24th of February next year. So Nui, consider that one. Why not? Um, also, you've got Solomon's and people, and that's famous, of course, because it's World War II history. So you can actually snorkel around your shipwreck, shipwreck sorry, immerse yourself in local village life or you can just go and have, throw a rod and a fish out for the day if you want to. Oh, it's perfect. But it's, it's again, it's lovely and also Tonga. Now Tonga is one of the most incredible places where you can swim with the humpback whales which is just unbelievable. Those lovely gentle giants. So there's lots of packages available out at the moment. Seven night packages going to Nui, to the Solomons and to Tonga. So just keep those in mind if you're thinking of somewhere, as we've been talking lately, Mark, mm. a little bit different. Yeah, I love the sound of that. That's some great stuff there this week, Sally. And don't forget Anzac Day. I know we've just commemorated it, mm. but already we've got packages that have come out for next year if you would love to do Villa Bretonneur in particular, which we have a strong connection to, of course, not just Gallipoli, but I think it's, it's on my bucket list. I'd love to do the Villa Bretonneur, even though I've been there like I wasn't there at Anzac Day, so I've done those battlefields, but I'd love to go back and do a, a dawn service there. So there's a couple of lovely packages available. You can do them northbound or southbound off the Western Front, and they are out now for April next year. All right. Well, uh, we've, we've come to the end, Sally. We've covered a lot of ground, as always. Uh, we thank you uh, for another fantastic Talking Travel. Great weekend. Bounce, bounce back to you next Friday. Thanks, Mark. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>